Hello, and welcome to another episode of Healing Through Pain, a podcast dedicated to the mission of walking people towards healing and health. In each new episode, we will discuss how to show up well for the responsibilities and opportunities that life sends our way. Here is your host, Stephanie West, a licensed practicing counselor in the state of Michigan, a teacher, and a professor who lives her life at the intersection of mental health and education. Thanks so much for following along. On Monday's episode, I had mentioned that I might want to do an episode on the rules that we live by. And I think I am going to tackle that today, but I want to put it through kind of a lens of are we seeking safety or are we seeking satisfaction? Not because those two things are mutually exclusive, but if we put them on a continuum. So on the left side of a line, we have the word safety, and on the right side of the line, we have the word satisfaction. Somewhere on that continuum is where our decision-making falls. And when we prioritize safety, or when we prioritize making sure that we have the perception of safety, there's going to be an imbalance with satisfaction. When we prioritize satisfaction, we're going to have to give up some of the comforts of safety. So again, they're not mutually exclusive, but they do have different goals. So when we prioritize safety, life will look a certain way. When we prioritize satisfaction, there's going to be different outcomes that way. And so two of the ways we might prioritize safety is with our belief systems and with the rules that we create for ourselves. And sometimes it's not even running at a conscious level. So I want to run you through a few scenarios today about the rules that we create for ourselves. And sometimes they're based on supposed tos. Sometimes they're based on other people teaching them to us outright. There's a whole host of reasons why we adopt certain rules in our lives. But the question is, can we dismantle them once they've been adopted? And look, I could do an entire episode on on my own safety-seeking belief systems. I'm still in the throes of dismantling dismantling some of them, and I have a lot of work there yet to accomplish because belief systems are just kind of these entrenched lenses that we look through. And so I don't want to talk about belief systems today necessarily, but I do want to talk about the rules that we create for ourselves. And I'm going to start off with a client anecdote first, and then I'm going to get into some personal narrative. But I had a client who started with me probably about, uh, we're going on about two years ago at this point, and she came to me initially because her counselor passed away. So she had to process through that particular loss with a new counselor, which of course could be a a really interesting dynamic. So that was the first loss that we navigated together. Soon after we started spending time together, she then lost an extended family member, and this was the person she was closest with emotionally. And so we had to process through that loss for quite a while as well. So we have the first loss, then we have it compounded by a second loss. And then more recently, she lost a really close friend, and this wasn't to death, this was to a friend deciding she no longer wanted to be friends. And in a very kind of intense and abrupt way said this friendship is over and this is a friendship that has spanned you know two two to three decades at this point and so this was a third loss and this was a compounding loss and we ran through so many pieces of why am I not getting over this quicker shouldn't I be able to move on why is this taking so long and so I was able to say to her like look at your history for your history it just takes a while to move through these things when we process through the loss of your therapist it still comes up at anniversaries, it still comes up at special moments, 
and we're two years away from that loss. When we lost your extended family member, it still comes up on special occasions and anniversaries. And that was only a year and a half ago. And we still process through some of that loss. So I said, why would we think that losing a friend would go quickly? Why do we think you would be over it already? Why do we let the supposed to's and the shoulds run how you're feeling right now? They're irrelevant because your process tells us that it takes you a while to move through things. And so any of these rules that are showing up about what's supposed to or what you want to be true, all they do is get you stuck in an anxietizing loop and you're not able to move through things and just say, this is my process. For me, it takes a while. And there just aren't rules for how to grieve really big things that happen in our life. But those supposed to's and those rules come from somewhere. So sometimes it's a spirit of comparison. So others move through things this way, shouldn't I too? And so there's this guilt or there's this shame or there's a fear that we're doing it wrong. Others come from learned messages over time. So we watch how other people navigate loss or how other people grieve or how other people do their life things. And so we're we're thinking, okay, that's how I should do it too. And sometimes there are forced messages. And in this client's story, one of the forced messages is don't be emotional. Don't overreact don't have feelings. So I say to her, of course, it's going to take significantly longer for you, someone who is not really used to processing through hard things. It's going to take you a long time to process through hard things because you're finally letting yourself grieve. So the rules are irrelevant. The supposed tos don't actually matter here because these are learned things that you're trying to dismantle. And these are real life experiences and hard things that you're supposed to go through without rules. You're just supposed to have your process. And so I bring her back consistently to what's true about you why is this true about you? What do you want to be true about you? And we normalize that for her, it just takes two to three years to move through something significant in her life that's a loss, and that's okay. So I work with clients often in in those types of transitions and in those types of kind of rule breaking where we try to dismantle the supposed tos and the shoulds. And then over the last couple of weeks, I've been deep diving into my own life and trying to reevaluate things through the lens of, am I seeking a life of safety or am I seeking a life of satisfaction? Looking at the rules that I created to help prioritize safety because for so long, that was something that felt important to me. And so with my client, there's also that safety seeking behavior of, am I doing this the right way? Am I grieving appropriately? Am I grieving for too long or not long enough? And she wants some sort of confirmation that she's following the rules. And that's very much safety seeking behavior. And so one of the first pieces when we decide to prioritize a life of satisfaction, we have to do a lot of unlearning. And I mentioned that in Monday's episode as well, unlearning as one of the launching points for significant change to happen in our life. So when the rules show up that I'm committed to, I have to ask myself questions. Number one, where did I learn this? Number two, is this even true? Kind of a sub point to that is, is this actually a right and a wrong situation or are there just options in front of me? Then I need to figure out my own preferences. And one of the last pieces that when I'm making change, I have to evaluate or or try to forecast is where might I get pushback once I figure out my preferences? Who might have issues with my preferences and will I be okay with that or how do I get okay with that. So safety-seeking behavior shows up in a whole host of places in my own life. And I've talked about my brain kind of organizing in an OCD way. And OCD brains organize as a counterbalance to chaos often. So when you grow up where there's a lot of unexpected developments or a lot of perceived chaos, the brain can kind of hyper-organize and hyper-structure things just to try to make sense of the world. And and that's one of the ways my brain organizes. And very much that's a safety-seeking brain. And so if I intend 
to live a life of satisfaction, I've got to reevaluate some of these safety-seeking rules that I've had in place for a really long time. One of those is the ways I go about loving people. Often, so what was modeled for me was often transactional love. And so I often sit in a posture of, hey, am I receiving more than I'm giving? If that's true, I've got to be giving more. And there's this urgency to make sure that I'm giving as much as I'm receiving. And that's something that I've intentionally had to dismantle, but I can only do that because I'm aware that that particular rule has monopolized a lot of my relationships for a really long time. So in my own therapy, we draw attention to the fact that I love in a transactional way and I receive love in a transactional way. If I expect to do it differently, I've got to call attention to it and then start to push back against, is this actually something I want to be doing? Is this the preference that I have for my life? Another place where rules shows up for me quite frequently is the way that I dress. And so I I tend to dress pretty monochromatic anyway, and that's something I'm trying to work on too. I tend to dress more formal than casual. That's something I'm working on. But even some of the intentional and unintentional messaging that I've received all throughout my formative years, it really showed up this last weekend. I went out to an off-Broadway play and I was wearing a dress and some of the social norms that I grew up with would say that this was an immodest dress or it was too short of a dress. And so my as I put it on and as I'm looking at it and as I'm trying to reevaluate things, I, I'm saying to myself, hey, you're in your mid-30s, you should cover up more or is this even modest? Is this okay? And I had to kind of wrestle with saying like, yes, this is okay. You look absolutely lovely. It cannot be about the rules. There aren't right and wrong here. There's not hard yeses and hard noes. There are preferences and you have to be okay experimenting and stretching some of your prior decided upon sanctions. You just have to. If you expect to be well, you cannot look at clothing through the right wrong lens. It just doesn't work. It's too strict. It's not appropriate. This also shows up in the foods that I eat. But what's interesting about that is I I go back to where did I learn this? Is it true? Are there rights and wrongs? And I go to, even this last summer, I had an interesting situation where I showed up at a family member's house and the family member said to me, you're just so skinny. You're just so skinny. You have to stop losing weight. And then the very next week I was at their house again and I had mentioned that I had like gone out with a friend for ice cream and then um, I'm... I've said it before, I'm a huge cake fan. Cake is pretty much phenomenal. And I had mentioned at some point that I had cake that weekend too. And the same family member said to me, well, you don't want to gain your weight back. You've got to be really cautious about that. And the incongruence in those messages finally landed in a way that I said, you're not a trustworthy source to talk to me about food messaging. And so I was able to start to dismantle, okay, where did I learn some of this? Is it true? Is food actually a right or a wrong situation? And how do I figure out my preferences? So I was able to dismantle some of that by looking for the conflicting messages. And that's what I would encourage you to do. If you have people who are using authority in your life and telling you the rights and the wrongs and what you should do and shouldn't do, you have to lean in real closely and look for congruence in their messaging or look for congruence and their walk and talk, and you still get to discern, is this just their preferences or is it an actual right and wrong or a moral issue? And you have to start navigating growing discernment in the messages that you've been receiving. And one of the ways I help dismantle some of the conflicting messages is looking for the inconsistencies. And I talk myself through them, and then I start to talk to myself about what are my own preferences, what do I want to be true about my life? And it's less about the rules and more about the fact that I've done the cost-benefit analysis to try 
to figure out what's best for me and my relationships with clothing and with food and with people. This also comes down to partnered relationships. As I've been doing some of my own therapy work, I realized that I've had a very protective posture and I didn't realize how protective until even just a few weeks ago and how skewed some of my belief systems actually are. And so there's behaviors running on automated that have taken me the broadside of a year of diving into to figure out what are some of these rules that are running. And some of my rules are don't get close and protect yourself at all costs. Those are not great rules if I want to have a life of satisfaction. And again, I'm going to go back to the idea of, yes, they're safety-seeking behaviors, but they give the illusion of safety. They, in and of themselves, do not protect me. They do not actually help me, and so I need to dismantle that. As it relates to vocation and my career, I worry often about what is the next right thing to be doing. But often, instead of just kind of weighing the pros and cons and stepping forward boldly, I sit there and I spin and I spin and I spin until I get validation that it's the next right move. That's a safety-seeking behavior. And if I continue to prioritize that, I'm going to either delay satisfaction or I'm going to forego satisfaction to a degree because I'm not engaging moving forward. I'm worried about what's the right way, what's the wrong way, is this okay, and it comes down to the rules. For my life, for a majority of my adult life, the rules have run things. The supposed tos have called the shots. So we have to figure out what's going on under the surface or in our subconscious. And that's why things like therapy can be so helpful because we often don't see what we're doing. We often don't see our protective behaviors. We often aren't able to pinpoint exactly what's running for us. And so another set of eyes on our life can be really helpful. I'm intelligent. I'm capable, but at the subconscious level, some things are an absolute mess because I have prioritized safety-seeking behaviors. But I want to tip the scales and focus on satisfaction. So because that's true, either I have to rewrite some of my rules or I have to get rid of some of them altogether. Because living by its very nature does not guarantee safety. So I may as well work towards meaning and purpose and satisfaction. And I want you to think about what are some of the rules that might be running for you and is it time to revise some of them? Thanks so much for taking the time to listen. Please share this content with friends and family. Feel free to connect with Stephanie at healingthroughpain21 at gmail.com. Until next time, be well.